Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. And now, Three Witches and a Druid Podcast presents The Thieves of Dagdad. You'll have to excuse me, I'm not at my best I've been gone for a month, I've been drunk since I left These so-called vacations will soon be my death I'm so sick from the drink, I need home for a rest We arrived in December Station the train journey north in the fucking car. We lurched back and forth past old crooked dikes through Yorkshire's green fields. We were flung into dance as the train jigged and reeled. You'll have to excuse me, I'm not at my best. I've been gone for a week, I've been drunk since I left. And these so called vacations will soon be my death. I'm so sick from the drink, I need home for a rest. Take me
light of the moon She'd drift through the streets Her old perfume So seductive and sweet She'd tease us and flirt As the pubs all closed down Then walk her son home And deny us around You'll have to excuse me I'm not at my best I've been gone for a month I've been drunk since I left And these so-called vacations Will soon be my death I'm so sick from the drink I need home for a rest The gas heater's empty, it's damp as a tomb And the spirits we drank are now ghosts in the room I'm not good again, come on sleep, take me soon And don't lift up my head till the twelve bells of noon You'll have to excuse me, I'm not at my best I've been gone for a month, I've been drunk since I left And these so-called vacations will soon be my death I'm so sick of the drink, I need help Welcome, everybody, back to Three Witches and a Druid, where we sit around the Zoom meeting and talk about our experiences with daily life, living as a pagan. This episode, we are going to talk about magical housekeeping, house blessing, how to take care of the environment you live in. I am Margo. And I am Maeve. I'm Gwen. And I'm Brian. So... We're all kind of in situations where we've we've been in our places for quite some time. But say tomorrow you have to move into a new apartment, into a new home. What is it you guys would do before moving in? Probably going to the empty new home and doing like an herb burning ritual to cleanse it, salt and water to uh, clear any residual energy out from the previous residence. And when you're doing that, of course, you're creating a void. So you want to welcome in something positive and beneficial to fill that void when you're doing that. Also, do not bring your broom with you when you move. You chuck away your old broom, like even like not even your magical broom, just your regular everyday house using broom. You don't bring it with you when you move into a new house. There is a way to get around that. Oh, really? Yes, there is. You put the broom in through a window. Don't bring it through the door. Okay. And they also say, uh, throw out all your old dishcloths. Mm. 
So that's clearly a witch thing, because I've never heard of that before. That is a big witch thing. Can you explain that? Why you don't bring your broom to a new home? Well, just just what you used to clean your old house with. You want fresh cleaning things. If you were in Newfoundland, they give everybody when you get a new house, every your friends or family give you a birch broom. Oh, okay. A new broom for a new house for lock and cleaning. Yeah, and I, I would say that's one of the sort of traditional folk things that you see in a lot of places that's not just that's not new wicca witch or or anything. no 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 that's a folk tradition that goes back a long way i recently read one thing leave the old broom but everybody has to be in the know but leave the old broom at your old place and the person moving in sweeps out your place and then throws the broom away but they use that broom that's entangled in your energy anyway to sweep out your energy then they bring in their own things. Yeah, 100%. The broom is a big thing and running through a some kind of a sacred smoke or salt and water or bells. We've done bells. Burning black candles. But always add even sage. Sage, you should burn something with it or light a candle or something because it, you don't want to leave a total void. No, exactly. Yeah, And to go a little further than that, Now, when I moved into the house I'm in, I mean, we had it built, so it was pretty fresh. But I think if I was moving into a home that had been lived in before, other than just doing sort of a, you know, sacred smoke or salt and water, I might have a friend of mine come with to see if there's any spirits who have refused to leave the house, especially if it's an older house. Yeah. Because, you know, just like a, a smoke ceremony might not do it. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you are legally obliged to tell people when you tell the realtor when you are selling your house if it's haunted. Yeah, you have to disclose that. Yeah, you have to yeah. disclose so, that. I've heard that. So I don't know. Maybe if you have a friend who's a medium, come with you, see what the status is. Maybe their family has been there for 130 years, and they're not happy that newcomers are coming. You you might want to check that out too. I know that sounds a bit extreme. No, no, but that. That certainly might want to look into that because I know just even uh, back in the summer, I was at a friend's old, like 150 year old family home, and I knew someone was there. I could tell that there was a spirit there, and I just said, you know, hello, and this is my name, and you know, thanks for letting me in, and I'm be as good a house guest as I can be, and then they settled right down. Yeah. So you just you just never know. I would have that checked out too, especially. If you move it into someplace older. Uh, yeah, just thinking about before we get off of a new home, but, you know, while you're currently living in a place, I was just thinking one of the other traditions besides the broom is the things that you bring over the doorstep first. So, you know, it's in a lot of folk traditions here. You want to bring bread so that you'll never be hungry and you want to bring salt and you want to bring a light. So you always have a light in the darkness, you know, those sorts of things. So you bring those things in first they they come in first and then all the crap that is part of you know the i feel like i should be taking notes i've never heard of this stuff before well and you're going to be moving to a new house i really yeah yeah we're looking to buy a house so i need to write this down i have a whole (laughs) workshop on this that i give a different events and stuff so no no (laughs) seriously brian you call us don't go in there till we've been through the place A couple stories from my childhood. One is, you know, once you're living in a house and my parents 
kept a nice home and they put effort into their home. I can remember as a teenager, I had a room that was definitely not magazine worthy. Not that my parents didn't, my parents loved, you know, it was an expression of their creativity to have a nice home. So the, the, the home was lovely and my room was exactly what a teenage girl would want and everything, but I was untidy. I wasn't dirty. I wasn't whatever, but you know, things would pile up. I was that kind of kid that I didn't, it didn't look like a magazine cover, right? And I remember my father coming in and I was maybe 16, 17. And he said to me something about it. And I was snippy with him. And I said, you know, sort of like, what does it matter, dad? The door's shut. You guys don't have to see it. If I'm happy with this. And he said, this isn't just a house. This is a home. And this home holds our family. And our family is sacred. So this is sacred ground. If it holds your family, it is sacred ground. And you need to treat it that way. And you don't treat sacred ground with disrespect. And I'm not going to say I ended up having my picture on the cover of Teen Beat magazine or anything. But I really changed how I thought about where I live and how important that was to me and what it meant to be a home as opposed to a house and what those things meant. So that kind of shifted my experience. So part of this journey, I've always had my, you know, my peripheral vision sort of out for these kind of cool little folk ways or other religious or cultural ways of how people interacted with their homes. That's so neat. It kind of goes hand in hand with even if you're going to smudge your house, say, you know, just regular cleansing, you got to physically clean it too. Yes. Yeah. Because negativity sticks to dirt. If you're having a ritual in your living room, dust the place, vacuum. You know what I mean? Clean it up because negativity does cling to to dirt. To stuff. Yeah. And all of that. So so same sort of deal. Yeah. I was going to say Karen should be sitting in on this podcast because she's the one that sort of takes care of that. In the places we have lived, she had eased, always gone in and done like a very deep cleaning of anything to get rid of the previous tenant's energies. So I used to, years ago, be a, well, more than a decade now, I guess, be a, a property manager of multiple units. And over time, the way things happened, it ended up being called Pig Palace for a while because, yes, <laughs> everybody lived there. Yeah. And I still do. <laughs> <laughs> One gentleman moved in and I said, now we can get this all painted. And I was prepared for certain people, you know, to take a chance and, and let them choose their own colors and all this sort of thing. And he said, no, no, I'll paint it. And I'm like, no, this is part of the deal. We got maintenance guys. That's what their job is. They'll come in and paint. He's like, when I will paint my own place. Now you start to think about, and you were saying, Janet, yeah, you moved into a new home, but how many workmen stubbed their toes, screamed and swore at the two by four that didn't go in right? All those sorts of things. You don't know there's that buildup of energy. And when you think of the act of painting, you've got this water medium that you're spreading mm -hmm. on a wall, you know, all of your walls that enclose you again, that sacred space idea, covering over. So he had a ritual. And he said, in the same way, you don't want to knit a sweater for a loved one with, for want of a better expression, evil in your heart. You don't want somebody who's doing it for a paycheck, maybe, who hates their job or had a fight with their wife on the way into work. Mm -hmm. Whatever the situation is, to layer that on all the walls of your house. Yes. So that made a lot of sense to me. I, I get that. 
Absolutely. Wow, that, I've never thought of it that way. That's really, uh, yeah. really deep. That made it a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Even if you are moving into a new home, oh no, I still smudge the hell out of this yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> watered and rang bells and everything. But even if you go, okay, it's time for my monthly, you know, cleansing, open the windows, sprinkle some water, man, sweep up that cat fur. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, give it a dust, wash the floor. That goes with magical house cleaning as well. Yeah. I, I think it's all part and parcel, right? Yes, yes, because, you know, you uh, clean your drains, like don't just smudge your house. That's what I was thinking, too. When you are smudging your house, people pay a lot of attention to windows and doorways, but smudge your drains, smudge your toilet. Yeah, blessed yeah. water down the, down the drains. And if you're ever warding your house, be careful of your dryer vent. Yeah. 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 You know, people don't think of that. Your dryer vent. It's a very common thing in many, many cultures too. You get in a new house, get that jar of nails under mm-hmm. the step, bury it, you know, yeah. bury it in front of your house. The witch bottle, long tradition. Yeah. Well, hold up, hold up. You guys have to explain this. The jar of nails <laughs> under the steps? Explain. Oh, yes. Well, one way you can ward your house, which is a very easy way, because you can put it right above the door jam. You, have you heard, Brian, of you put nails above your windows and above your doors? You just, you know, pop it in the wall above your door jam. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Okay, the point of the nail will repel, right? It's sharp and it's metal and it will repel any negativity from coming in. So it's been going on for, you know, centuries. You take a jar of nails, you bury it under your front step or at the entrance of your house, and that will repel because the points will, you know, prick away any uh, negativity coming in. So that's a a very good warding thing as well. You never heard that? You're from PEI. No, no, I'm sure I've heard of it. I just need you guys to explain it. The witch bottles, because we used to, Dave and I used to sell kits for those way back. You know, you go back to like 17th century Britain and there's records of them being under doorsteps and stuff. And so we create a little ritual and some bits and pieces and then you put in your own pieces and all that sort of thing when we sold the kits. But, you know, they have a a long history of protecting property. And the pointy things, doesn't matter what culture you are, like the Navajo have a 
cactuses, not in the home, but outside the home in the specific corners and stuff and decorative finials that you see at the ends of houses, you know, houses that have lots of gingerbread and they have the cool little finials on the roof. That comes from Norse where they used to have the staghorns. That never occurred to me before. I never made that association. I never did either. That's neat. Isn't that neat? No, sorry. It's kind of like the shoehorn. Yes. Above the door, you put the two points up so that it will, you know, whoosh away any bad luck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the horseshoe. Didn't I say a horseshoe? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Your pointy ends up. Well, I actually have kind of a funny story. It's someone else's story. So I'm going to change a few details, but keep the integrity of the story. Somebody I know once had a charm hanging above their door. And I think it might have been a chicken foot, actually. What? Nailed I above their door. Okay. And one day... A sort of door-to-door sales kind of person came to their front door and she answered the door and they were talking and she could see their eyes were darting back and forth to this thing and they were just chatting away and they finally said, what is that? And she said, oh, ignore it. And they said, no, 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 what is it? She goes, ignore it because it's obviously broken and doesn't work. And they said, why? What do you mean? And she said, it's supposed to keep assholes away from my door. But it didn't work today, did it? (laughs) I probably know this person. Yes, you do. I like that story. (laughs) Yeah, that's Oh, my goodness. That's a riot. I like that a lot. Oh, my goodness. Obviously broken. Yes, obviously it's not working. Um, I like that. It's true. And and there's things too, like in the back left corner of your house, that's supposed to be your money corner. So find crystals for money and put them in the back left corner of your house. Yeah. Inside. So what would justify the, well, I guess the back, it'd be where your back door would be. Well, when you're coming in your front door, the farthest back corner to the left is where you would put it. So for me, it would go behind my dryer. <laughs> and if I did, behind the dryer. <laughs> How does that work in the Maritimes where most people don't use their front door, they use the side door? It's still, you would no. use the front the door. street, I think. Right. You would call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever would face the street, yeah, kind of idea, so. Another thing with brooms, too, is if you have company in your house that have overstayed their welcome and you don't want to be rude and rush them out, you take your broom and set it upside down next to the door. So you put it handle side down. Hopefully, if you can sneak it in with a pair of scissors pointing up in the broom. (laughs) Oh, I never (laughs) Yeah, you put scissors in. (laughs) Now that is rude, right? Now that's just rude. Yes. (laughs) I've done this show 20 times. On the witching hours, yeah. I know all the tricks. <laughs> I know, eh? All the tricks, and be very careful if you decide to brew up something to use as a cleanser in your home, because if you're adding a bunch of herbs to water and then you're straining the herbs out, the water's still colored, and I've seen it. You got splashes up your wall of brown <laughs> or green from whatever the case might be. So be careful. 
I have a story about that very same thing. A uh, um, mentor of ours, we were going every Thursday night to her home in on the other side of the harbor. I don't know if you remember this. We were hearing two stories at the same time throughout, you know, the session we were having with her over a f- several weeks. And she was really happy about this new organic cleaner and all the properties it had. And it was had honey in it, which is antiseptic. And it was this and it was that and all these wonderful things. And then she also had this problem with ants, but she didn't know what to do because she wanted to only do stuff that was organic and everything else. And finally, somebody who put the story from the beginning of the evening together with the story from the end of the evening said to her, you're still using that honey cleaner. You can't get rid of your ants because every time you wash your floors, you spray honey. (laughs) Giant ant magnet. It was like the light came on. Oh my gosh. You know this? Just use vinegar. That's pretty natural environmentally safe disinfectant just use the vinegar vinegar is a natural solution to a lot of problems a lot of problems oh yeah yes yes for sure yeah but if you are using any kind of you know you want to use these different herbs they're the great things to put down your toilet down your sinks you know all of that if you know that's or you can sprinkle it around the outside of your house because you've got these, you know, cream-colored walls, and the next thing you know, you got all this splatter everywhere. So, so, but you can certainly use it around the outside of the house. I have used dry herbs as well for purifying when my house space in my vacuum. So, if you have the canister vacuum where you oh. got, or you can tuck it in a bag. Very few people have bag vacuums anymore, but before you hook it on, tuck it in. You can either use dry herbs or put on a little piece of you know, cotton batten or something, some essential oil of an appropriate scent for whatever you're wanting. And it kind of sucks out the dirt. And then that exhaust air has that scent to it. It has a little bit of magical spread it around. Isn't that, I never thought of that, but you know, for a couple months after the Christmas holidays, your vacuum always smells great. <laughs> you can suck it up. I can have needles. I can have fur needles. <laughs> But that makes sense. It was mm-hmm. a good idea. As soon as you said bag vacuum, all I could think was hocus pocus. <laughs> <laughs> Did they remake that recently? No, they're coming out with a sequel. Awesome. Okay, well, there we go. But that's Here good. Go. I'm trying to think of any other quick little... Another good one, too, is to use lemons in your water. To use lemon in your water, that's a great disinfectant, smells good. It has a really good, and I mean, squeeze the the peels as well. Yes, the lemon oil right. out of the peels. is The lemon oils out of the peel is very important. And uh, that's a really good cleanser, and it's good aromatherapy, so it'll put you in the correct frame of mind. That's a biggie. If you're cleansing your house, and you're cranky and pissed and whatever, you're not getting far. <laughs> So if you're cranky, you really do have to put yourself in the correct frame of mind. That is very important. I wrote something down. Same sort of thing, Jana. I wrote something down because I had to remind myself, you can't clean your house when you're in the mindset that it's your chore okay? and that you're resentful of it because you're just spreading that energetically throughout your house. So mm-hmm. this is written, not written by me in a book called Being Home. And she writes, time to dust again. Time to caress my house, to stroke all its surfaces. I want to think of it as a kind of lovemaking, the chance to appreciate by touch what I live with and cherish. And so if I read that and remind myself 
that this is, you know, where I live and these are the things that I have chosen or people I love have chosen for me, all those gifts that you collect over a lifetime, it's hard to resent having to dust. And that would tie into painting your own apartment. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Same sort of idea. Well, isn't that interesting? So I wrote it, put it on my fridge and I try and read that before I get into that cleaning mode because, you know, it seems it kind of gets you sort of centered on what's important, right? Mm-hmm. What's important. That's very interesting. That's a really great idea because there's many days you're going, oh, it's just over yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like that with laundry. I wish I could come up with a way. I never want to do it. I don't know why. And whenever I'm done, I'm like, well, that was nothing. What was my problem? <laughs> and for, you know, 40, 50 some years, I just can't seem to get over that. I, I need. <laughs> <sighs> it's, you're not beating them on rocks at the river. <laughs> no. But it feels like it when you go to start laundry, doesn't it? Like, oh. I feel the same about dishes. Oh my God, I hate doing the dishes. <laughs> but you know at the end it's like oh well look how tidy the kitchen looks it looks so much better with minimal effort but gosh I, you know i didn't want to do you know you don't want to do it i don't like the dishes i'm pretty sure that's in our uh wedding vows somewhere about requiring to have a dishwasher no dishwasher no marriage <laughs> and both of us hate doing the dishes ah uh, i actually do not mind the dishes i really don't like I don't like cooking. I don't like cooking for people. For an event or something I do, I guess it's a loss of power or self-determination or whatever. There was a small window of time where I did not work out of the house, that I was at home and I brought kids into my home and I worked for social services and I had kids through the day, you know, single parents and the parents work and so they subsidized it and that. I love that job way more than you would think. I don't project that sort of motherly energy, but I really love that job. And I could arrange my day in any way that I wanted. But the one thing you cannot say, well, I just won't do that today. I'll do it tomorrow. you got to cook on a schedule. People have to eat. Little kids burn up energy like crazy. They need to eat on a schedule. And it doesn't matter if it's a day you feel like doing laundry or a day you feel like vacuuming or a day you feel like sitting and painting and whatever. You have to cook on somebody else's schedule. And oh, don't I hate being on somebody yeah. else's schedule. <laughs> That's funny because I... I'm not a big fan of cooking for myself, but I love cooking for other people. Yeah. I enjoy hosting parties and dinner parties and stuff. And back in the day, we used to do things like that. I enjoy that part of it. But yeah, that day-to-day. It is one of the biggest trials of your adult life once you start keeping your own home is you're going to have to figure out what to make this for supper for the next bloody 65 years. Yeah, that's like, right, oh eh? God. The hardest part of the whole process. I enjoy cooking. I, for just myself, when I'm home alone, I don't care for it that much. That I find is like, oh, well, let's just have salad and tuna. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind of idea. Because cooking for just yourself is a fun, but no, I don't mind cooking. So, oh, isn't that interesting? And that's another thing you can do in your home to keep a positive attitude and all of that is when you're cooking. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because cooking is nourishing others and you can put positive energy in the food and love and kindness. I mean, you can poison it as well. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> not as good an idea. <laughs> but that is a very magical thing. Cooking is very magical. I think it's, oh, which one is it? I have so many, like, witchy cookbooks. Witching in the kitchen? You know, I've got a goddesses in the kitchen the passionate palette the wicca cookbook there's a few of them cooking like a goddess but one i think it might be goddess in the kitchen it's all about expressing your love for other people with food like it's very much it's a choosing the the recipe and choosing the ingredients and then how you prepare them sort of thing it's is it sort of ritualized yes it's about the nurturing aspect and the, okay. the giving aspect and the sharing aspect. This one is by Margie Lapina. I also have Cooking Like a Goddess, but it is much more about the ritual of cooking and uh, cooking according to the seasons and that kind of thing. They're both fantastic books, but they're very, very different. And I know poor Drake just totally missed out on me because my modus operandi for relationships was always seduction by food. <laughs> I was always the way to a man's heart. Is oh, yes. It was always, you know, extravagant, very rich, lush food. Now I'm like, nah, I can't be bothered. <laughs> you like all that food you just like to go out and get somebody else to prepare yes, it for you I like somebody yeah. else to make fair, it for me fair. now no he's just totally lost out on that whole aspect of me yeah, I miss that stage <laughs> of your life yeah <laughs> I remember uh, some years ago Brian probably Cinco Brian was explaining about food being the way to a man's heart yes Mexican sandwiches yeah Mexican sandwiches sorry one of two things men wanted, and that was it. I remember that. Beyond that. If, if, if you give them a sandwich and they're not happy, then you know what you have to do. Yeah, I, I remember that. That conversation happened the very same night. Gwen drove myself, someone else, and Brian home. And everybody was like giving Brian, you know, ooh, in the car with three women. And his response was, great. Now I can disappoint three women at the same time. <laughs> I remember that conversation. You were very young. And we, yes. were, we were in PEI. And the PEIs were getting together. I think my kid was only about one. So <laughs> 18 years ago. Oh, the island, yeah. the island pagan gathering? Yeah, the pagan gathering in PEI. I remember we were sitting in that common kitcheny area. Yeah. And you were talking about sex and sandwiches. It's all men. <laughs> <laughs> So the, the kitchen part of keeping a magical home, you're right in for. But everything else has kind of gone over your head, has it been? It's one of the Druid virtues is all about being a good host and hosting and yeah. making people. Yeah, so yeah. cooking is right up my alley. I'll, I'll cook for other people all day long. But when it comes to myself, I'll just make a sidekick or a craft dinner. I don't even know what a sidekick is. No, it's it's bad. Don't, don't look it up. <laughs> They're totally bad for you. Very bad. <laughs> yeah. The five-minute lunch in a bag kind of thing. 
no, a can of tuna and some, you know, <laughs> carrots and cucumber and tomato on the side. That's supper. I see myself as, you know, you, the old British ladies, the tea and toast ladies. I could be tea, toast and a, and a soft boiled egg. I could see myself slowly <laughs> devolving into that being my menu. <laughs> Talk about, yeah, death by uh, laziness or something, right? You know, I'd die of some sort of scurvy <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. or something, well, you know. What did my grandmother, she was British, sardines on toast. That was it. Wow. Sardines, sardines on toast. On yeah. toast. So, <laughs> throw in an apple a day, Gwen, and you'll make it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just have to stave off the scurvy. Yeah. Well, I'm not that lazy yet, but, you know, I, I see where this is headed. Yeah, yeah. Once my kid doesn't live at home, it's like, man, it's going to be bad. Or <laughs> take out every night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, look, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. And if you have any questions or comments, certainly contact us, uh, Three Witches at a Druid Facebook page. And certainly, anywhere you might be able to give us that five star thumbs up, we would certainly like that. And, and so, until next time, everyone, merry meet. Mary Park and Mary Meet Again. Blessed be. be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.